Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Last week, I was talking about a book that I was reading that I've now finished. Uh, Gene Smith's Sink, A Wide Angle View by Sam Stevenson. And I was just talking last week about um, the projects that Eugene Smith um, uh, was working on or, or wanted to work on and how many of them there were. And another fact from that book that's kind of sparked, um, I suppose, some thought for this week's podcast is the fact that I was aware that Eugene Smith was um, obsessed with music and that when he actually went um, off to war, really, I suppose, as a as a photographic reporter of the Second World War, he would take his vinyl records and his record players uh, with him. But the, the book, it actually... Um, indicates exactly how much of an obsession that was that by the end of his life when his archive was was brought together he actually had 25,000 vinyl records 1,740 reels of tape recordings and 4,500 hours of audio recording a lot of which he recorded in his loft of the jazz players who were performing in the loft and rehearsing and playing through the night. Um, instantly reminded me of, of that connection, I suppose, uh, between photography and music that, uh, I suppose, maybe it goes back to those days of being in the dark room uh, and, and losing track of time as you listen. Music is your, the companion. It was the companion in that darkness, along with the tanks and the fix and the the dev and so forth but also i you know for me music is like a, a kind of a, a gateway drug i suppose to to popular culture to cultural references and if it hadn't have been for my obsession with bob dylan from a very early age thanks to my father's indoctrination i would never have known about um, t.s Eliot or ezra pound or baudelaire or, or whoever it may be in places and uh references to popular american culture and every time i heard these things i would i would go out and try and find out about them because it seemed to me relevant that if dylan was referencing these people i needed to find out who these people were and that obsession with music i think uh, and that informative quality of music i think really um there's a synchronicity there between the music and photography uh, I was watching a, another documentary, which I don't think is, is yet fully out yet, about Gary Winogrand. And the fact of his, uh, sort of actually the English photographer, Matt Stewart, was talking about the dance, the, the balletic movement that Winogrand would uh, engage in to take his photographs as, as he sort of pirouetted, really, around a space, to, an environment to create the images, but also the dance within the images that he was creating. And they show some examples of that. So um, have a look at that. Have a look at some of Gary Winogrand's um, still images and look for the dance. So that kind of musicality seems to be very relevant. Of course, I suppose the most important element of photography, what is photography? I don't know. I suppose maybe I should do that one, one week and actually answer my own question. But I suppose... The, the reality and I think one of the things that a lot of people when they first start out find most difficult is that actually the answer to photography is not within photography the answer to photography is outside of photography um, 
photography is a, a medium in which it's possible to document your passions. But it's those passions and those stories that you need to tell that actually inform the photography. The photography that you create doesn't come from a Photoshop technique. It doesn't come from a stylistic choice, or at least it shouldn't do. It should come from somewhere very real and um, very true uh, to who you are. So those cultural influences become intrinsic to the work that you create. And it's why, from my perspective, I, I see no good or bad, um, no right or wrong. I think it's really important that each person who chooses to use photography to express themselves as a form of expression takes their own road and finds their own way to document those passions. Eugene Smith um, took some amazing images of Felonius Monk, the great jazz um, pianist. And there may be quite a few of you listening to this uh, who maybe don't get jazz. I, I certainly have difficulty with a lot of it, but I don't have difficulty with Felonius Monk. Um, but he certainly didn't follow uh, a written path as to how to create music with his piano. And if you want to kind of bring that, I suppose, into another area, just look at what Marky e. Smith and The Fall did. You know, and there are many examples of that kind of renegade spirit, that lack of willingness to follow the rules. And, and so often in photography, those who make their mark, perhaps in the strongest way, um, they have that, that sense of, of uh, renegade, I suppose, that sense of anarchy. I was talking to somebody only recently who was um, decrying the lack of anarchy at the moment and the requirement for more people to speak out. I spoke last week about the fear that some people have of speaking out um, due to uh, a concern that perhaps uh, certain gateholders would take offence at that um, speaking out and that it would be detrimental to their careers. I think it's very easy for us to, to kind of speak out with our cameras to try and take images which are true to who we are. We're not all going to be Marky e. Smith and we're not all going to be uh, Bob Dylan and we're certainly not all going to be Felonius Monk or Miles Davis or anybody else you want to name who took something that existed and took other influences from all different places and made something really special about it. I hope this doesn't seem too tangential this week or too off the mark, but I, I hope it um, it makes sense. And I'm, I'm sure that there are many photographers whose work I know and I admire who seek inspiration from poetry, from literature, from history, as well as from those popular cultural um, touchstones uh, within music which perhaps may seem more obvious. For me, I always am inspired by the written word, the spoken word, uh, and, and I suppose the sung word, sung, sung word, if I'm saying that correctly. Um, whatever, it's about narrative, it's about storytelling. And to me, that's the essence of what we should be doing. I spoke last week about um, what was coming up in the week just gone for me. And one of those uh, events was a talk, uh, a showing of the film by Sleaford Mods, uh, 
uh, made by a guy called Paul Sun, and uh, I hosted the Q&A after the film. And it was a really interesting Q&A because we had a, a suppose a, a radical, a person who was talking out, a uh, transgender uh, woman who's disabled. Um, we had a counsellor. We had a photographer, um, myself, and also Paul as the director of the film, and also overseer of the project, um, the book project, Invisible Britain. Uh I think what came through, and certainly what came through the uh, audience questions and Paul's commitment to his project is, was that belief, I suppose I've already used the word, but the word commitment to the project, commitment to telling stories of people who he feels, and many people feel, are marginalised or perhaps ignored. I think also what's kind of very refreshing about the book is that it's kind of designed in an anti-design way. It's designed in an almost anti-photographic way in that the photography is not the hero. The design is not the hero. Uh, the words that accompany the image are the narrative, which hold just as much power as the image. There's a, there's a fantastic fusion of elements um, within the work. And certainly within the Sleaford Mods film, what was interesting about that was that it was made uh, three years ago and already it had a, a, an historic uh, feeling about it. It felt as if almost it wasn't three years ago. It was five, 10, 15, 20 years ago. One of the questions that came out of the Q&A from the audience was concerning the, I suppose, the benefit of creating such work um, was there any benefit? Um, surely this work wasn't going to change anything. So why do it? And of course, as well as, I suppose, there's always that hope that by telling stories, you bring things to people's uh, awareness and recognition and perhaps have some impact on a situation. For me, what I instantly thought was actually from a photographic perspective, it's important that these things are recorded for the future. The film about the Sleaford Mods um, carried a whole load of stills and imagery from the 1980s and the late 1970s, a time I remember very well politically and economically in the UK. And it was, it was illustrated with the stills. There was the proof. Yes, this did actually happen. This is what it looked like. This is what it felt like. And surely that's what great photography does. It gives us this uh, ability to travel into it, back to a time or into a place that we maybe remember or maybe we, we weren't there. And, it, and it, it's bringing it to us fresh for the first time. That was the answer, actually, I gave to that particular question was that, yeah, you know, maybe this work isn't going to make any change now, social change, economic change, whatever it may be. But it is still important and maybe that change will occur in the future. Maybe that change will occur because of what's been done now. So that idea of documenting, that idea of storytelling, that idea of commitment to a cause, all kind of comes together, I think, in the photographer who's fully engaged with the medium and really understands where they're going, or even if they don't know the destination, at least they've got a sense of the journey. Each week, as 
regular podcast listeners will be aware, I ask a different photographer or somebody engaged with the medium to answer the question, what does photography mean to you? And this week, um, I'm really um, pleased to introduce, to bring to the podcast, have part of the podcast, a truly great photographer, uh, Kenneth Jarak. Uh, if you're not aware of his work, um, check him out. Uh, it's Kenneth, and then Jarak is J-A-R-E-C-K-E, um, as well as covering the Olympics for a number of years. Uh, his documentary work um, truly does stand the test of time. So answering the question in less than five minutes, what does photography mean to me? This week we have Kenneth Jarak. For me, photography is, uh, has changed through the years, what it means to be a photographer, what, it, what it's done for me, what I've done for it or done to it. Um, at first it was it was a vehicle. It was uh, a way to get from one place to the other. It was just uh, a rental car. You know, rent a car and drive. Drive it like it was stolen. Drive it till the wheels f- fall off. That's uh, that's what it was. You know, it's it was a uh, it, it was an excuse to go anywhere and do anything and and have a front row seat to uh, whatever was of interest to me. And so that was, I guess that's a common way that photographers or especially photojournalists look at the world. Um, and so that uh, that's how I started out. And uh, slowly that attitude started to evolve a little bit. I, uh, photography was, was still a vehicle, but it was it was more like a horse, not a car. It was uh, a horse, you know, the Will Rogers, uh, the American philosopher, I guess you'd call him a philosopher, said the best thing for the inside of a man was the uh, outside of a horse. And there's a lot of wisdom to that. This idea that it's it needs to be taken care of. It's uh, it can. It can get you from one place to the other, but it's something that uh, needs to be fed and cared for and brushed and loved. And it's uh, it's a partnership. It's a symbiotic relationship. Photography and the photographer, the the man and the horse. It's a, it's a, both both sides benefit from that relationship. And as you take care of your horse you become a better a better person and then you know that's certainly true for photography at least uh, you know in the photojournalism tradition if uh if you're really paying attention if you're really there you're really engaged and you're really trying to to tell a person's story um that's that's the thing that's going to uh, if you do it right and if you're there a hundred percent that's when that partnership is going to start uh, benefiting both sides of the relationship the photographers 
Now, not only if they do it right, but the photographer is going to become a better person and the photographs are going to tell the story better and they're going to uh, they're going to connect better with the viewer of the photographs. And so as this attitude towards photography evolved, the horse analogy, the rider and horse analogy um, was a little lacking. So now it's it's uh, it's the photographer, it's the subject, and it's the viewer. So you have it's not a symbiotic relationship. There's there's three parties involved in 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 this relationship and what photography means. And if uh, if you're going to really dig into that, you have to you have to uh, look at look at all three sides of that triangle. And so normally we only you know photographers we talk about ourselves we think about the pictures we've made or the pictures we've taken and it's kind of a one-sided relationship and then so you bring the subject into there and that's the true uh that's the true that 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 should be the most powerful uh powerful side or the base of that triangle and it's it's kind of the weakest it's uh, the the subject has the least amount of power um, in the relationship, and the viewer the viewer injects themselves into that into that uh, photograph, and they're they're kind of the second most powerful. So it's the photographer, the viewer, and the subject is last, and so that's kind of what this journey has been about how to how to uh, make oneself me in this case the photographer less important and make the subject more important and then hopefully that uh, that becomes you know more important to the viewer and so I mean that's that's the idea anyways and so at this point you know maybe I've reached that position maybe I've reached that goal I don't know but photography you know I've grown and I've gotten older and so now this work this work that I've created over the past you know 30 35 years whatever it's been um, I wouldn't call it a burden I would call it a responsibility. So what you learn is you're making these photographs. You're trying to make yourself less important, the subject more important, which is, you know, counterintuitive to the normal photographer, you know, power structure. Um, So you're doing that. And then what you realize is you've made these photographs that, uh, are now it's your responsibility it's your responsibility to the subject uh to your work um to continue to nurture and represent those photographs and make sure they're not uh used out of uh context or in the wrong way and you have this physical uh 
physical burden, you know, you've got slides, negatives, prints, and so it's uh, it's not a burden. It's just a responsibility to take care of this stuff, take care of not only the the images but the physical aspects of the photographic process. And so that's kind of at this point where I am now. It's photography is always kind of. Um, been a vehicle but now it's uh, it's time to uh, look at not only where that vehicle is, has taken us taken me but um, what's going to happen to that vehicle in the future and uh, the subject the, the things that that vehicle is has seen the people, the places, um, the historical moments. And so I don't know if that answers the question, but that's what photography means to me. And that's what photography is to me. Thank you. Whenever talking about photography and actually making this podcast, um, I always try to not be too preachy. Um, but it's difficult when you're as passionate um, about the medium as so many of us are, not to um, want to express that passion. I think Kenneth did that uh, with great integrity uh, in this week's podcast. Um, Going forward, uh, another busy week, lots of things going on, which I'll fill you in on. Uh, in a future podcast. And there have been a couple of comments from people saying they want the podcast to be longer. Um, This one is slightly longer, (laughs) not deliberately, purely because there seems to be a lot of stuff uh, to talk about. Um, As always, if you've enjoyed the podcast, do please get in touch. um, Tweet us on at UNOphoto, or alternatively, you can email us through the uh, unitednationsofphotography.com website. If you've enjoyed it and you're listening on iTunes, then to, do please uh, give us a review or give us a star rating. All of that stuff helps. Um, this podcast is completely unfunded. Somebody asked me recently as to whether or not I was going to get a sponsor. Um, we will be remaining independent, that's for sure. But even if we did get a sponsor, I'm not quite sure what we would spend the money on. We're quite low budget here in the shed. Uh, Just leaves me to say uh, thanks very much for listening again this week. I hope you found something to spark your interest or to make you think in either a different way or the same way, or maybe you've been just nodding your head in agreement. Either way, uh, have a great week coming up and take care. Thank you.